And there we are. How about if we start a podcast tonight, folks? Oh, you found us. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday evening, and welcome to Cashing in the Northwest, the only podcast where it's so good we played the theme song twice. The only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're slogging through airport security, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And you know, we can't do that until we bring in our blogging baboon. Some say he owes his success to Gene Rayburn, and others say his video camera is a national treasure. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. Ah, but the question is, which nation's treasure? Oh, a treasure of many, many nations. <laughs> it could be. Well, it's been called worse. So have I. <laughs> now, now, Gene Rayburn, obviously not Gene Roddenberry. Gene Rayburn, uh, like from the game show fame. Yes, there you go. Match ah, game. Match game. So that now is that the one with the really long, skinny microphone? Mm. No, that's a different game. Uh, maybe, yes. Yes, I think it was. I, I think that was game shows are mixing. The, I think that was most 70s game shows that, that had true. the long, skinny microphone with a little ball on the top. There, there you go. All right. Well, speaking of long, skinny things with little balls on the top, uh, it's great we, we to, can't we can't go there. It's great to be here tonight. <laughs> that was probably the worst segue I've ever done. Hey, you know what? We are going to be talking about an app tonight for your geocaching pleasure. It is uh, GC Droid, and we are lucky to have Stefan from GC Droid joining us tonight. Welcome, Stefan. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, if you're watching the video feed or uh, watching it live or playback on video, you'll you'll notice that Stefan looks very much like his application. And, and that's because he is going to share with us his screen and we're going to go through in depth a whole bunch of stuff about the GC Droid app later. So he's screen sharing it for us, which is very cool, uh, but which does not help you if you're listening to the audio version. So we promise we will be very descriptive as we go through this podcast. All right. Well, while I'm talking inanely, also a quick reminder that we appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week, and especially new patrons like we got today. How exciting. And of course, we want to give our special thanks to Landsharks, our corporate Tenali level sponsor. Remember that shipping offer is going on now uh, for you Canadian and U.S. listeners from Landsharks.ca. Free shipping on orders of $50 Canadian or greater to a maximum of $25 Canadian shipping costs. Use promo code SHIP50 to get that discount. Oh, I love discounts, especially on shipping. Shipping can be almost as, as expensive as the product you're buying. And this way, you get it for freezies. Folks, freezies. go use Now. That's awesome. I love freezies. Another thing. Well, that could be cold, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Is that like the icy drink? Is it a freezy? 
Uh, no. Those are slushies and slurpees and and, and things. Like freezies, yeah, freezies. I think are the things that the the clear plastic tubes of of juice or whatever that you put in your freezer and yeah you, know, you cool off during the summer by just having a little bit of chemically treated colored ice. Ah, yes, those. And, and they almost have flavor to them. Almost. I remember those. Yeah, yeah. almost. <laughs> hey, now the acute listener, or perhaps the noticing the the noticing viewer is going to see. I'm not in my normal studio tonight. I am on the road. I, you know, it's it's kind of a landmark day. I've taken my son on a college visit. Uh, now the college he chose or we're looking at it happens to be near my brother's house so you've seen this particular uh west coast studio before so it's it's a pleasure to be here and i thank my brother for letting me use his office while uh while i'm traveling but uh, what else we really like and that don't cost anything but is it so cute we're, like we're still talking freezies huh but but is it cute like our listeners you said our listeners are cute earlier I did. You said we have acute listeners. Oh, yes, yes. I'm like, wait, what did I say? How <laughs> tired am I? I'm in the same time oh, zone. So oh, I shouldn't you're be. sleepy tonight? Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to have so yeah. much fun with you tonight. Okay. Well, so much for the cute listeners. Um, well, the listeners may be cute. The, the co-hosts are not being so cute at the moment. <laughs> but right. another thing that we like, and doesn't cost any money. So it's a freezy. Our glows. That's the geocaching log of the week. So whether you wrote it or whether you read it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. You know, you can always call into 253-693-TFTC and use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. Tonight's glow is submitted by our friend and fellow patron, Trexer Zero. And uh, he submitted that TriTech couldn't find the traditional cache. Don't pull the damn plug. And don't worry, we've kept our uh, our our um, um, family boy. friendly rating. Family, there you go. Family friendly rating because there's no N in that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he uh, he says, uh, well, this will be a cache I won't forget. Is it netted me an ambulance ride to West Coast General? Everything seems to be going fine while looking for the cache. While I, uh, while at the top of a mound, I step on a rock, and the next thing I knew, it had given way, and I was out cold. A minute later, my wife scream was screaming to me on the ground, uh, and I was bleeding badly from my head. My wife was able to get me to the truck, where, with great luck, two conservation officers were driving by, and she was able to flag them down. They called an ambulance and badged bandaged me up and kept me comfortable until the ambulance arrived. Well, I know I have seven staples in my head and it's a slight concussion. And the worst part, no cash. Well, in the end, it's all about the adventure and the memories. And this one, I won't forget. So or it wasn't that bad he, of a head injury. If you I was going to say, is it, is it bad enough of a concussion? He will forget. <laughs> wow. Well, but, uh, Glad to hear Trexer Zero is okay after that. Well, that was Tritech. Trexer oh, Zero submitted the cash. Oh, right. Tritech. The, the glow. Um, so, oh, yeah, we, we're glad that Tritech is 
in good shape. And, you know, if he remembers that he submitted this, <laughs> uh, I should give them both a, uh, a uh, glow badge for that, shouldn't I? I think what would be great is send the glow badge, obviously, to Trexer Zero for submitting it. Send the glow badge to TriTech. And when TriTech says, what did I get this for? You can say, don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh oh, you better get that checked. He's fishing for headphones, folks. I laughed so hard my headphones fell right off the back of my head. <laughs> I don't it's think that has ever happened before. <clears throat> There's okay. worse things to fall off. All right. That's true. Well, we don't have any news for you tonight. We're going to get right into this conversation with Stefan. I am very much looking forward to this. So again, welcome back or welcome to the show. Not welcome back. This is your first time joining us, Stefan. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Now, for those who are not familiar with yourself or perhaps GC Droid, could you provide a little bit of background for us? Perhaps first tell us about yourself, where home is, and how did you get involved with geocaching? Sure. Um, home is the beautiful state of Michigan. Um, originally, we're from Germany, as you might hear in my slight accent, which is hard to hide. Um, but yeah, home is now Michigan since 2006. So it's been quite a while that we lived here. And um, I think I had read about geocaching way back when it started. Um, I was still in Germany back then. And I guess I totally ignored it. I read about it and I thought, oh, that's kind of a weird thing, people looking for little containers. And um, eventually in 2000 and hmm, when was it? probably about eight years ago, 2011 then, uh, we moved to Alabama and um, we decided what a nice way to get to know the area by geocaching. So that's basically when we started geocaching and it was really nice to start to meet people and really get to know the area. Um, like we knew back roads and like little pretty waterfalls and whatnot that I guess many of the locals didn't know about. Um, so I think that's basically how we how we got started with geocaching. Oh, that's very cool. I yeah, wait, no, I don't have a cache find in Alabama. I had to think about that. Georgia, <laughs> but not Alabama. I've got to get down that way. Now, Stefan, I'm pretty confident in making this next statement that not everybody wakes up one day and says, I think I'll develop a geocaching app. Hmm. What made you uh, pursue this? What made you think that, hey, I think I can make a geocaching app better than the ones that are out there? You think not everybody wakes up and thinks that? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. All right. I, I'm, I'm like at least 80% sure. All right. Well, I guess one of the reasons was like we started out caching using an Android phone and Back then, basically, the only two apps were CGO and the official GroundSpeak app. And somehow, I honestly wasn't the real fan of either one of them. It's kind of like, I liked a little bit of each of them, but not mm -hmm. as a whole. Um, and I think one big thing that was really missing for me is I started to, like, to enjoy getting first finds. And so let's say you are somewhere, and suddenly you get like 20 emails. It's rather 
cumbersome to go through every email, click on it, oh, where is it? Oh, it's right there. Okay, you click on the next one. So it just kind of like takes a while. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have an app where I can just say, hey, what are the caches that are simply not found around me? And that was basically why I thought, let's write a geocaching app that does a FTF search so I can go anywhere in the world and say, what's not found? Especially if you go to, let's say, a different area where you haven't been, you won't be getting any notifications. And um, I think that was kind of really the thing why I started to write the app. And it was literally only for me. Like I never had the intention of even publishing it. It was like, I want to get first to find, so I'm going to write an app for me that can do that. Um, but then I guess it grew a little, a little bit more and uh, friends started to play with it. And they were like, hey, you should publish it. And that's what I eventually did. Oh, that's very cool. That is cool. I love the fact that your your inspiration to bring uh, bring this love to all other geocachers around the world is so that you can get first to find something. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. That was and, the whole reason. And I can relate because I got a cache alert today that in my home area, a new cache published. You know, I can go months and it doesn't seem anything new publishes. I go away and there's something new. So yeah. I... I am. I, I, I feel your pain. But and now if you, if you had GC Droid, you simply could pull it up, run your search, and you see whatever is unfound around where you are right now. Exactly. I was just going to say, what's probably happening is they're being published like right now or, or all day today in the area of California you are, but you just have no idea. I'm, there you go. I'm completely so, ignorant of what's going on around <laughs> me in the geocaching world. Blissful ignorance. There you go. But, you know, how does that change from last week? Awesome. Uh, I have another question for Stefan. So you've talked about the inspiration for creating GC Droid. How long has GC Droid been around for geocachers to use? Um, I believe it was in 2013, so about six years now. I probably started working on it a year before it got published. So quite a while, to be honest, it's surprising how time flies. So I, it's hard to, hard to believe that it's been out for, for that long. Wow. That is impressive. Now we also understand you just released a new version. What are some of the key things we need to know about this version and, and what version is it by the way? Well, the version, like I unfortunately had to delay it a little bit. So it's currently in beta. So it's, it is the version that I'm going to show today um it will be released hopefully soon it has to be released latest by june 1st now that's when groundspeak is going to switch over the api and that version will use the new api so i basically have no choice than releasing it by june 1st um i hope that i will have the beta version out maybe within a week and then hopefully a release by the end of the month um, oh wow it has a whole bunch of new features um Part of it is the new API has a lot of new features. With, like some of them are access to your watch list, your ignore list, for example, which you wouldn't have access in the past. So now you would see as a cache watched or ignored, or you can directly add or ignore it, uh, watch or ignore it, um, something like that. Um, the owner of Project GC is a favorite user of GC Droid. So I worked with him in the past on a couple of things. So I worked with him on pulling in his virtual GPS feature into GC Droid directly. So if you are a paid member 
of Project GC and you create the, these virtual GPS lists, you can basically directly import them now into GC Droid. And uh, wow, that's you have direct impressive. access to that. That's, that's like one of the new things. In general, that was like, let's say, a redesign of the, of the main screen. It, I think the old screen looked a little bit dated. I never really changed it in, in six years. So I thought it's, it's time to, to modernize that and, and improve it. Um, I switched to the ground speed cache icons that they had. Like before, I had like slight variations that looked a little different. Um, so now I'm using basically the exact same icons that people would know from the website, uh, which I think that helps to relate to exactly what they see. Um, what else? The live map is improved a lot. It was already, I would say, probably the fastest live map you could get out there, but it's now even faster, which I can show later. Very um, cool. Well, I was, I was going to suggest, Stefan, I know we had some other stuff we we're going to talk about, but maybe yep. since you've got the app up on the screen and we're already starting to talk about what's in the app, why don't we jump uh, down into, a, it, for those playing along at home, we're jumping down lower in our show notes. Um, but if we jump down into where you've already put a list together for us to talk through some of the new features and key cool things about GC Droid. Why don't we jump down there? We can start to go through that stuff with you. And then we'll come back to some of these other more general questions about uh, how people can contact you and contribute to, to, the, to the project. Does that mm -hmm. sound good? Sure, that sounds good. So up on the screen, for those who are watching the live feed and for those who are listening to the audio, you can imagine in your mind, uh, we're looking at uh, on the screen right now, the main dashboard of the GC Droid app. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. All right. Do you want to walk us through the main dashboard and talk about some of the key features here? Yeah. So, so one of the cool features that I just recently added to it is, um, as probably all of you know, Groundspeak has their souvenir promotion thing going on right now. And uh, they provide a way through the API to basically let GC Droid know about it. Um, and that's why here at the top, it basically lists the cache carnival with an end date. So that is information directly provided by Groundspeak. Um, and if you're interested in your current stats, you simply can click on that and you would basically go directly to your points and you see what souvenirs you currently earned. And um, that basically updates dynamically. Whatever Groundspeak decides to pub publish will show up there. So it's nothing that's in that specific version of the app. Um, but it really is live data, whatever Groundspeak decides to do in the future, it will simply show up there. Um, so I think that's kind of like, like one of the cool features that I added, which I think is probably fun for a lot of people that, that like the souvenirs. Excellent. Um, one of the main issues that I actually had with the dashboard in the past was every phone looks different. Like some have big screens, some have small screens. So it's kind of hard to, let's say, get a layout where you get, let's say, all your buttons on the screen and it still kind of fits. And um, that was, let's say, one of the challenges that I had for the longest time. So I decided to basically make that screen customizable. So people can basically um, change how that main screen looks like in terms of size of the icon. So I guess people that are listening, they're not going to see it, but you can basically resize um, how the icons look like, or you can switch it into a list mode. Um, Very cool. And 
the app will basically store that for portrait and landscape. So you could say, okay, in in uh, landscape mode, I have like six buttons next to each other. But if I switch to portrait mode, um, let's see if it actually does it live here. It actually does it. Oh, um, yeah. You can basically um, pick whatever layout you want here. So you could say, okay, here you like the list better or whatever it is. That way, I think everybody can fit a size that will fit their screen. Because in the past, it was like, ah, oh, the, the buttons are just a little bit too big on my screen and half of it is cut off. And um, I think with that option, I guess everybody should find a setting that really fits and makes it really look good on their on their device. So Stefan, two questions that for you. Cool. Um, first of all, what so again for those who are watching the video and if you're listening to the audio podcast this might be one of those episodes folks where you will want to just go over to youtube and 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 even just sort of skim through if you've already listened to the audio go over to youtube and skim through and now you can sort of see the screens as well it's not sort of you can see the screens that we're talking about to get a sense um my first question stefan for you is what we are looking at right now on the screen is um the the horizontal view like if you were holding mm -hmm. your phone sideways correct yep. yes that is correct now horizontal that is if you, that is landscape yeah yeah that would be the way you usually hold your phone the portrait view or how the yeah, portrait view one, yep. one would normally hold the phone and yep. there was a question from gsm times two and that's this is the dashboard of the beta is that correct that is correct yeah so that is basically the version uh, well technically that's not even the beta version well it is even newer than the beta version. So it is the version that will go into beta very soon, ho hopefully um, by the weekend. But yes, the current beta looks very similar to that. Okay, so this is the version you're hoping will be out or you're expecting and planning will be out in June. Yes. Awesome. Okay, that I think that answers the question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now, you've talked about some really cool features here, the direct access to the souvenir promos, which is really neat. I think that's mm -hmm. a great idea. The customizable dashboard layout also super cool. You, um, there's some discussion about in in the chat already about offline use, and you mentioned a little bit earlier. But is there anything around like importing or databases that will be useful for people using GC Droid offline? Yes, absolutely. So there is a whole lot of features um, that will help you for for offline caching. One obviously is offline maps. Um, what I did is in the settings, you can basically download offline maps. And um, currently you have the choice between three different servers that host a different variety of um, offline maps that are, let's say, generated at different dates with different quality, different size. Um, and uh, basically with a click of a button, you could pick and say, okay, you want to download Alaska here, which is 900 megabyte, or you want to have Dakota, which is only 111. Um, so you can directly download the actual offline map within GC Droid. So that would be, let's say, step one to get ready. And um, then obviously you want to get your, your data. And for that, you have a whole bunch of options, what you can import. Um, number one, the obvious pocket queries. Um, I think I was too lazy and I did not actually run a pocket query, which means if I go in here, you will see, hey, no pocket queries available. So I, I actually did not run one that is ready right now. Um, otherwise it would simply show up in that list. So any pocket queries that I have run 
on geocaching.com that are sitting there downloadable, which show up in that list. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, the next option would be bookmark lists, which I think that is a really neat feature. Um, so by default, it will show you all your bookmark lists plus the your favorites, your ignore list, and your watch list at the top. So you can um, directly download any of these lists. Um, plus, there is that little icon here at the top right corner with like a couple of people um, where you can simply type in a a username, for example, um, geocaching HQ. They have a whole bunch of lists. And um, unfortunately, in, in that mode, since the, here we go. So what it does is, is um, the app actually pulls, or it kind of like does an autocomplete of the name that you type. So it really makes sure that whatever you type, there is no typo. So you can really find the name, you can tap on the name. And so this is now the public bookmark lists of Geocaching HQ. So they, for example, have um, all the GIF events that, that were hosted or Maker Madness events, or right now for the creation celebration, all the events. And you can directly download any of their bookmark lists as well. Very oh, that's cool. Really impressive for some of the coin challenges or geo tours. That's really nice to be able to quickly find, you know, the the list owner and be able to download yep. all their public lists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see what other options do we have. Then we have the usual, let's say, direct access to files. So you can, if you have a GPX file on your phone, you can open the file browser, simply select the GPX and import the GPX file. Um, or you can use Dropbox. So if, if you share your file through Dropbox and you have a GPX file there, you have direct access to your own Dropbox and click on the GPX and it will just import it into GC Droid. Um, and the last option would be, would be the feature that I had mentioned briefly earlier, which is the virtual GPS of Project GC. Um, if you are not connected to Project GC yet, the app will ask you once and say, hey, you need to, you need to link here. And um, so all you do is you confirm that like you would do on the website and it's gonna link to Project GC and that's a couple of lists that I had created. That's so, cool. so I could import these directly. And um, so all you would do is you would select it, say yes, uh, give it a couple of seconds and now that list is imported and we could look at it. If I remember the name, it's down here VGPS and I think it was that list. So it's it's fairly simple um, to import data. And I think you have tons of options. Um, I guess the last option, which isn't really obvious within the app, is um, right when I started working on the app, I decided, or I was using GSAC a lot. Um, so I thought, hey, why not write an app that is compatible with GSAC? So you can literally take a GSAC database load it onto your phone and open it in GC Droid. So the database format is 100% compatible. So all of these databases that GC Droid creates, you could save them back into GSEC and open them and they should just load. So wow. that would be That's like incredible. another thing, what you can do. That's incredibly powerful. I love that. So yeah, I guess plenty of options to get your offline caches. 
load it into the app. One of the questions we have from the chat comes from Starcasher, who says, I assume the offline data can be stored on an SD card on the phone? Yeah, so basically it is a simple setting um, in the settings where under storage, there is an option where you would select the main folder. Default is the phone internal folder, um, but you have a couple of options. Uh, and one of them is your external SD card. And uh, nice. you can you can do that most definitely. Very cool. Now for offline caching and, and caching in general, we've talked about bringing in all these different connections to get the data on to your phone. You, you talked a little bit about downloading maps. Do you want to maybe just spend some time and just go through all the map features? Sure. Um, well, let's simply open any of the maps here. Um, in terms of maps, you obviously have the, let's say, the usual candidates for, for maps, which is Google Maps. Um, so by, by default, you can switch between your online maps, Google, Google Street, the, the satellite view, which I think that's kind of like, Let's zoom in so we see a little bit better, which obviously is pretty handy for finding a cache. Um, and then in my case, I don't I downloaded one offline map for Michigan. And um, for that, you have a bunch of options on how it's going to look like um, in terms of themes that you can apply. Um, let's see. So there is like a default theme, which looks roughly like this. Which, um, but you could pick a couple of other predefined themes. So they simply change the look on, let's say, how your maps look in general. Um, one idea that I had, and it's basically, I would say, no GC Droid user ever really used it since it's really only in this version, is I thought, well, sometimes if I have a lot of cache icons on the map, and maps are colorful usually, right? They have green parks and whatnot. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could take away all the color out of my maps. So there is basically a setting which allows you to switch any map to grayscale. So the map will simply turn gray. And the same applies actually also for the Google Street Maps. So it's not only for offline maps, um, which is kind of nice because now the, the caches stand out way more because the caches will still be in red, blue, green, orange, That's whatever they are. Um, and you can simply toggle that. Um, if you if you feel like that, hey, it's way nicer to to see a little bit where all the caches are. Um, another thing that I had added a while ago is you have county borders, which you can see all your all your counties. Oh, nice. Some people like to cache in different counties, so so it's basically the whole U.S. Um, is preloaded all the counties. Unfortunately for Canadian friends, I don't have that loaded yet or any other country for that matter so right now it's it's only the us um but i guess i forgive you on based on request i'm sure i could add different <laughs> countries um for that well it's a little it's a little tricky up in canada because there's some provinces that do have counties and some that just have regions so mm -hmm. um i know it's a lot simpler to implement in for the united states at least to start with and as you say i mean if folks feel that they for whatever area they're in they want to see that i would imagine you would have province provinces in canada or no you don't even have that yet uh no right now it's really only data for the us okay but well, there you go there's the your data first request. Basically, i'd love to see the provincial borders yeah i'm like it's it's all based on open street maps data so if right they on. have the data 
it it can be done. So, so That's yeah, very absolutely. cool. This is uh, you're you're getting lots of very positive. I know you can't. So folks, um, Stefan can't see the chat, uh, and so Stefan, I'll tell you, you're getting lots of positive feedback in the chat. We're getting some great questions, um, and Chris and I are grabbing those questions as we see them come up, but. Mm -hmm. there's there's lots of very positive uh like omg i'm loving this new version what a great idea things like that so very very positive feedback in the live chat for you stefan so let's keep going um is there anything else about maps you want to cover or do you want to move to cache listings um i guess that's kind of well actually in in general the maps are let's say rework so let's switch to the live map since we're talking about maps yeah let's look at live data which um ah, okay so so right now right now i still have it turned off so right now it's i don't know if it's visible in the top in in the black title bar it says live disabled oh, it's kind yeah. of like like a, a little toggle where you can tap on on it and kind of like turn off the loading of data or you can tap on it and then depending on your zoom level it will load data or not so if you zoom out let's say and see the whole us it will say live paused because if you're in the crazy. whole country, yeah. it would be crazy to load that. <laughs> um, and then if you zoom in a little bit more, it starts loading data. So I can simply turn that on. And you see the speed. That is basically how it's just loading the live data. Wow. So wow. obviously people that only, oops, I think I hit the wrong button. Um, That's crazy so, fast. So it is, it is pretty fast. So now I zoomed out a little bit more, and it changed to live paused. Oh, um, yeah. if, I, if I zoom in, now it says loading. and people that watched watch the video they can really see the the speed in which it's it's pulling data so stefan what at what scale of the map does it pause um well in technical terms um it's at zoom level 13 which probably doesn't tell most people too much um it is it's actually a good question on how i would describe it to people in terms of what you see on the map. So I would say, um, let's switch the phone. So roughly, I would say, if you see about 10 by 20 miles on the map, if you hold the phone in, let's say, your normal portrait mode, mm -hmm. that's roughly when it when it will switch over. OK, that's all. So it is, a, it is a fairly large area where it loads. And like in the last couple seconds where we just were panning around, the app loaded 7,000 caches. So wow. it is it is pretty quick in terms of um, pulling that data. Wow, that is fantastic. And even in the newest version, Stefan, it still has your your whole reason for building the app. Uh, you can see first defines. Yes. So basically, the way it is implemented in in the app is that for let's say for the normal live map i'm not necessarily pulling that information and highlighting it since quite often the chance that you would come by a first to find is pretty slim so i decided to basically have that as a as a let's say separate complete search so on the live map you can basically simply turn off the automatic loading and you would just say ftf search um, that takes a couple of seconds and um, it's based on the center of your map so now these, let's see, turn off the counties and let's switch to gray. It makes the, the little dots mm -hmm. easier to see. So that's within 500 miles of first to finds. And on the list, it's about 510 first to finds. 
which well, what are you doing talking to us you should be out caching <laughs> well if you if you look closely there isn't that many around home and unfortunately oh, okay. unfortunately that one little green dot it actually has a find found by me already i just didn't log it online it only has ah. a note so gc droid doesn't does not detect that the node actually says I found it or somebody found it. It really goes by by found logs. Okay. Um, so that's why it still shows up. But the good but news yeah. is you have an FTF. I I, I do, and I <laughs> use GC Droid for it. So <laughs> there you go. We call that drinking your own champagne. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do have a question from the chat for you. Well, we've got a couple, but um, I think this is a, a good. While we're showing this, uh, the icons coming up on the map, a good time to ask a question from Mrs. Landsharks. Uh, she'd like to know if the map will show caches by favorite points. Uh, yes. So what you can do is, in general, you can filter the map based on a whole bunch of, of different things. Um, obviously, by, by name, you could filter out certain cache types. So if you feel like you don't want to see traditionals or whatever, um, Obviously, you see a whole lot of yellow dots, which are found caches. So the first thing I usually would do, I would say, OK, I don't want to see any found, any owned, and I only want to see enabled caches. So that already, let's say, cuts it down. Um, oops. But then you can also go by favorite points. And it's like just kind of like a little slider where you say, hey, I need at least 25 favorite points. And unfortunately, not many caches with 25 favorite points around me, I guess. Um, but yes, you can do that. Nice. Chris, did you have something you wanted to? Um, so one of the things that I like is when I go out caching with uh, friends to be able to see, you know, any caches that maybe we've found together. Is there any way to do that? Um, Right or, now, or, or, well, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't word that right. Uh, not that we found together that you know that they have found that I haven't, or other way around. Yeah. So right now that feature is still turned off, but I'm working on that. Um, the problem is, or it's a little tricky, because, or my main goal is GC Droid should always work the same, no matter if you're looking at live data or offline data that you got from a GPX file or from a virtual gps oh, i nice. i always wanted to let's say behave the same way the problem is if you get data from a gpx file it might contain four logs so mm -hmm. i would not know that your friend actually found it even though your your friend found it it's just one log behind and it's simply not in the file sure. whereas if i pull live data <laughs> not sure where right. that was are we still all there? I don't know what yep. happened. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're... emergency alert. <laughs> yeah. So whereas if you pull live data, I could actually query for that and say, "Hey, Roundspeak, give me only caches that person X and Y have not found." But that feature wouldn't work reliably with offline data. That's why it's currently turned off. So it's something that I'm working on, and I might end up saying, "Okay, it's something that really only works with live data because." very likely offline data simply doesn't have the information that you need at that point in time unless you load all the logs of all the caches okay okay yeah nice now um there's there's some other things you can view your friends logs like uh 
uh, that other yeah. Android caching program that I can't bring to mind because all I can think of is look at what GC Droid can do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that is one of the, that's also a feature that's new in that version. Um, since in the past, Crownspeak would not provide me a list of your friends. So even though I would have all the logs, I would not know who are your Groundspeak geocaching friends. Now the new API provides me a list of all your friends. So now I can easily filter for that. And um, wow. I'm pretty sure that for this cache, there are friends of a friend of mine that logged it. So you basically have the standard logs, which is, let's say, all the logs. But if I swipe over to friend logs, it's basically just filtered down to people mm -hmm. that I friended on Groundspeak on geocaching.com. So um, I'm going to need to install this app so I can prove to people I have friends. <laughs> yes. Only when the check's clear, Land Monkey. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, while you're looking at the map, or while you're showing us the map, Stefan, and of course, at that one point with the speed of the live map, and you had 7,000 caches come up so quickly, it brought up a really good question in the chat that I wanted to ask you. And it was, um, has the geocaching API relaxed the cache limits then? Uh, you know, sometimes there can only be 10,000 via pocket queries or 6,000 by API. Uh, would this, if you're not careful, would you use up accidentally your whole uh, connection um, for the day? No, I think you, you should be fine. So there is a lot of smart things that, that the app does, but there's also a lot of nice things that Groundspeak actually did thanks to me requesting it. And I was actually, to be honest, really surprised that they were changing a couple of things. So so one of the changes that they made for the new API is that they changed the limit to 16,000 caches, which that's already a nice thing to have. Unfortunately, what they did is they combined the 16,000 caches across all apps per user, which means if you would be using GSEC and you would download 15,000 caches, you would have only 1,000 left for GC Droid, which of course that is very confusing for people because in the past it was simply strictly in independent limits. Mm -hmm. um, so that was something that I brought up with Groundspeak and I said, guys, it just is very confusing for anybody using any of these apps. And um, they actually agreed to change that. So now you have 16,000 caches per app again, per user. Um, but then on top of that, I, I made a proposal and said, look, if I load a cache and I only wanna see, let's say the hint, then I need to make one request, right? So I'm at one. The next time I wanna see the logs, I make a second request. Now I'm at two. So I said, to load everything for one cache, it adds up really quickly unless I load everything all the time, which that kind of like defeats the purpose of being lean and quick. And um, so they agreed to change their rules for that as well and said every GC code counts exactly once per 24 hour period. So now you can load the same cache 20,000 times and it counts as one. So with that and a couple of tricks that I do in the background with caching and, and different things, I have my doubts that you will ever reach that limit. That That's wow. really cool. That's neat. Thank you for sharing all of that, Stefan. Uh, I think most people followed what you were saying. I think if, <laughs> if you're not super technical, maybe you were lost a little bit on that, but the bottom, Potentially. Line, the bottom line is what you said at the end. You're not going to run out of 
the ability to load caches in any normal circumstances. No. And since I generally load the same cache 20,000 times a day, uh, I'm very excited about that. Exactly. I mean, you got to exactly. check on it, especially if it's a first to find. you got to keep <laughs> looking right. again and again and again. Exactly. You keep refreshing and refreshing, and now it doesn't count. Yeah, there you go. That, <laughs> But that is cool. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us and going into depth on the negotiations you've you've had and they're great guys over there in the development team at uh, at hq so no absolutely cool they, working with you they they were really like listening to feedback and um really improving a lot of things there, there was a whole bunch of features that i requested and improvements and they were really willing to basically change everything uh, so mm -hmm. really no no complaints gsm times two in the chat says if you don't understand what was just said you're probably not going to load sixteen thousand caches <laughs> true <laughs> awesome so yeah. one of the other questions that came up in the chat and i know you've got this planned to talk about so why don't we segue to it right now gsm times two since we're talking about gsm times two also asked, will current pro users get the update automatically or do they need to pay for the new version? Yeah, so basically um, I decided that this new version, it will basically only come as a paid version since it is a lot of work. And I guess most people have no idea how much work it actually is. And it is only a hobby for me, but it still is nice if it pays for a little bit, at least if it pays for my geocaching trips. Um, so I decided it will be a paid version only. But obviously, people that already paid for it once, I decided that absolutely will be honored. So you will simply go to, to the Google Play Store, you will download the latest version, and you will get that version. And the pro key will be detected, and it will just work. So there is nothing to worry. Anybody that already paid for it will be able to use it as is. That's great news. Wow. That's very generous of you. Thank you. Sure. No, I, that, that was one thing from the beginning when I created the app. I said, I don't want people to, let's say, come back to pay twice, or I don't want to add like little features where I'm like, oh, you can do this, but if you want to do that, you have to pay extra for this. And that's another 99 cents. So it always was more of the idea, okay, you pay once, you get now you got to use it. That's That's it. And mm -hmm. I plan to stick to that for now. Awesome. Um, I think there's there's a note here that you had under cash listing topics that we we might have skipped over. And I find this one quite interesting. And I'd like if you could tell us a little bit about adding events to the calendar. Yes. So since we just had an event open, Groundspeak added something that if you create an event now, you actually have to add a start and an end time. And they were kind enough to provide that information through the API. So basically right here next to placed on you can see it has the actual time from when the event starts and ends and that was finally the moment when i thought okay now that i have the actual time it makes sense to add a feature to add that to my calendar so there is simply an icon up here at the top that little calendar icon and uh if i tap on that it will ask you for access to your calendar because that's what android does right so the first time you have to give it permission once. So that was the first time I tried it. So it says, hey, do you want to have access? And uh, you pick, you simply pick your calendar. So let's say I pick my geocaching calendar. And um, it will create the entry. You will get the correct start and end time. 
It adds a link to the listing, it adds the coordinates for it and the cache description. So with that, you can create a reminder. Well, it actually also creates a reminder automatically for one day before the event. So you're basically all set and, and ready to go. That's, That's impressive. Really cool. I love mm -hmm. that little feature. Nice. Nice. And uh, you also have a new Facebook support group for this new version, don't you? Yes. So that was something that one of my users, users brought up that, hey, we should create a, a group on Facebook. And um, for one, I decided to guide people through that um, directly from the app. So there's that little question mark icon on the, on the main dashboard. And that basically gives you all the options um, that, that I currently offer. Number one would be email support. If you click on that, it's going to create an email. Uh, automatically populate your Android version, um, your caching name and the app version so that I know who you are and what you're talking about, which helps mm -hmm. me a lot because sometimes people just say, X doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't even know what phone you have. Are you actually using a current version? Um, is the version like five years old? So I thought that's kind of really helpful to me if I get that information right away. Um, but it also has directly a link to the Facebook support group. Um, which I don't know if I can, if I actually switch up here. <laughs> now, instead of my there screen, it, it shows the Facebook page. Um, yeah, so people can, can join that and there's a lot of active discussions and people helping each other with questions about, hey, how can I do this or that? And um, it takes a little bit time away from me so I, I don't have to answer all these questions, mm -hmm. which, is, which is kind of uh, a really neat thing. Um, and then, it kind of started to pick up rather quickly. So I, I started that group, I think it was March 1st. And within two weeks, there were like 100 posts of people saying, hey, I have this idea, that idea. I'm like, okay, Facebook is not really the best way of managing new ideas. <laughs> um, so I decided to switch or basically use a different website that is actually made to collect feedback from users, their ideas, and it's open for discussions, um, which, oops, let me see. Oh. That's where my mouse is, uh, which is basically, there's a link for submit new ideas in the app. And uh, if you go to that, it brings you to this page um, where you can read for one, all topics that are currently discussed. You, you can leave your feedback, you can give a thumbs up or down and kind of like vote on topics, uh, which helps me to see what should I implement next. So sometimes people bring up ideas and it gets like five thumbs down. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm not gonna look at that for a while. Um, or people are getting crazy about it and say, hey, I really love that. And um, I started that about three weeks ago. And um, by now it has already close to 120 topics that are being discussed there. So people are really picking up on that and giving great feedback. And um, I, implemented close to 50 by now. So I'm also really making sure that I'm looking at, at the feedback there. And um, yeah, not everything gets implemented. There's a couple of things that are basically just closed because I'm like, okay, if it doesn't work or I really don't like the feature, it doesn't fit for what I want to do. So not everything gets done, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely listening to it. And if enough people say it would be great, they might actually convince me even though I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a that's a great way to you know get the temperature of what your customers are looking for. However, on that help menu, I didn't see have Stefan come and find an FTF for me as one uh, of the options. 
Well, you can do that with the last option where it says donate slash support. <laughs> okay. You, you can just donate some money for development and mention that you want me to find a cat for you. Okay. <laughs> Nicely done. There you go. Well played. That's awesome. There was another question from GeoNavPros that I wanted to ask you. And he's wondering if there's any chance that you would be considering porting this to the iPhone. Mm, no. <laughs> Not in the cards. All right. No, I, it, to be honest, it is so much work that I'm like, I never wrote a single line of code for an iPhone. And I don't own an iPhone. So it would be, I don't know, thousands of hours. And I'm like, so probably, nope. I was going to say, this is probably the corollary of the question Cashly gets asked. Which yes. is, what do you develop for the Android? And they, and you get the same answer. So yeah, yeah, if, you're exactly. Android, if you're an Android user, use GC Droid. If you're an iPhone user, use Cashly, and you'll be happy either way. Yes, yes. Uh, it's just way too much work. Sure, I get that. Um, are there, Stefan, are there any features that didn't make it into this version that you're working on and considering for the next version? Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that let's say I have planned that that will not be ready. Like um, one thing that I had on my list for the longest time is uh, to kind of like show show a track of where you are moving along on the map. So kind of like what a GPS usually does. Um, mm -hmm. That is something which I got a lot of feedback for people who were asking for that. Um, so that is definitely something that I'm considering to add back. Um, generally trackable support, I would say, is not the greatest in the app. Um, that's definitely, I, I would say, one of the weaker points. So that is something that I definitely want to to work on and add a whole lot more feature for the features for, for mm -hmm. that as well in the future. Nice. That is cool. I have a question for you, Stefan. If people wanted to connect with you in person to talk about the app or have you joined them for an FDF hunt or whatever it might be. Are there any events this spring or this summer that you're planning to be at where people can learn more about GC Droid? Um, I guess the plan is Geo Woodstock. It's only a couple hours of flight from Michigan. So, so my plan is um, to be there. And then there's a couple of local mega events um, that I usually go to. One is it's called Midwest Geobash. Um, which is kind of like the closest mega event to home. Um, and I will definitely be there this year again. Very cool. Great. I see we had another question come in from GSM times two, and he's wondering if there's any features that are in the current app that will get dropped. And he said, for instance, the flashlight. Uh, nope. As you can see on the screen, the flashlight is still down here in the bottom. Uh, where it always used to be. Well, actually, no, that's not where it used to be. It actually had its own bigger icon in the past. Um, so yes, it stayed. I don't think that I actually removed anything, to be honest. Nope. Nice. All, all improvements. Yes. Well, actually, there was one feature that was present for a short period of time, which was support for lab caches. Um, so you basically could import lab caches directly. You could log them directly from within the app. Um, but that was something that our friends at Groundspeak did not like. So I had to remove that, unfortunately. But that that was really the only feature that is being removed and 
that's not even because of the new version. It simply got removed already in the current version. So that was only in for a short time. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Helen from the Land Sharks would like to know, how do they find you when they go to Geo Woodstock this summer? That is a good question. Um, I guess Facebook works. Um, people can message me there, and I'm sure we then can connect. Directly message me through my geocaching account um, would be another option. I guess that's probably the, the two easiest ways on how, how you okay. can find me. Or, or wait for first to find. Step. Yep, there you go. That's what uh, I was going to find say. me there. But be quick because I might be first. <laughs> oh, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been an excellent show. I am enamored with this version of GC Droid. And, uh, you know, it's I'm considering maybe I should go out and buy an Android phone just to use it. That is a good idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, folks, thank you for tuning in to this show. We hope you enjoyed this show. There's more caching in the Northwest coming up in the weeks to follow. Just make sure you tune in. You're not going to want to miss any of it. That's right. And I want to take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor, for their support of our show. Uh, Landsharks is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia. They're open six days a week except holidays, and they ship online orders daily. And nice. Yeah. And do you do you wanna do you wanna handle this this week, Chris? Or do you want me well, to? Well, yeah, I can give it a shot. All right. Uh, we've got a new sponsor or a new um not sponsor, a new patron. So I'm gonna do my best here. But of course, before we get to that, we want to thank thank our faithful Denali level supporters. That is Landsharks, JP Geo Designs, Bounce Bounce, Limax, Team Squirrel, and WorldCaching.com. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link. It's somewhere around here on the CachingNW.com website. And if you do support the show, you know what? We're going to read your name each and every week. Like... <gasps> Here we go. Broncos fan for life. Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Keb MacD, Subway Mark, Dora Moore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Nav Pros, Wino Seattle, Acker Doc, Billy Robson, Genies, Antaeus, Keats 94, Trexer Zero, MC3 Cats, Kennel Barb, M Nerve, Wet Coaster Green Words, CJ Hove, uh, Arrow. Uh, oh, no, I, I missed it. I, 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 oh, there I, was a couple of brass in there already. So. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think there was. <laughs> okay, maybe there was. Uh, Alarobic and our brand new one, Keepers of the Cash Flow. Thank you so much to everybody for your support. We really appreciate it. And uh, Stefan, if folks wanted to reach you or learn more about uh, learn more about this amazing app for the Android platform, where could they find you? Where could they contact you? Um. Like I said, the easiest way probably would be through Facebook. And um, if I recall correctly, you simply can go to gcdroid.com, which should redirect you straight to the Facebook page. And um, I guess that is the fastest way to get a hold of me, unless you would know my caching name, which was on the screen the whole time um, in the app. So if you remember that, you can use that to contact me as well. Fantastic. All right. So now there's a little there's a little bit of a trick to it. If people want to go and scroll back through the show, they can 
they can figure out. I don't think I don't think we should say his geocaching name. I think we should just leave it that they have to go back and look at the video to figure out. It's an Easter egg now. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. So we. What about you, Land Monkey? Where can people find you? Where can people find me? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. I'm at Land Monkey GC. And of course, on Facebook, Team Land Monkey. But uh, videos, it's been a little while since the video has been out. So uh, I've got a lot of things on the go right at the moment. So I'm hoping to get some more editing done soon. But you can find me on YouTube, see lots of these great episodes. I have hundreds of them out there, all kinds of amazing adventures. If you want to see what it's like to go caching in the Northwest, just tune in to L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y, Land Monkey on YouTube. Oh, good thing Mrs. Land Monkey wasn't nearby. <laughs> Chris, how do people find you? Well, you know, you can find me on Twitter at CachingNW, Facebook.com slash CachingNW, and of course, Instagram at Caching in the Northwest. But better yet, head on over to CachingNW.com slash hosts and read our bios and find all those links that we just mentioned and the few secret ones that we don't tell anyone about. <laughs> I don't know if they're secrets anymore. Most of all, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. You can call into 253-693-TFTC, leave us a comment, ask us a question, or join us for an FTF run any time of the day or night. Of course, you can always email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support helps keep quality shows coming. So if you like the show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. The show is produced by Chris Umfenauer, Jay Kennedy, and Jim Paulwitz and licensed under Creative Commons Attributions 3.0 license, copyright 2019 by Chris Umfenauer. And folks, we want you to stay tuned for The After Show. The After Show. Show, show, show. And I'm sorry, I don't have my sound effects tonight. <laughs> and we completely understand if you need to leave, it's okay. Go on. We thank you for tuning in with us uh, this evening. But uh, we do have a couple of things in the after show. Uh, first of all, it starts off with Keats94. He says, I've saved my summer caching time by being excused from jury duty. Ooh. I would have been stuck in court for four plus months hearing a double murder trial. I'm super relieved that I'm free from that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, we all want to do our civic duty, but uh, boy, spending four months through the summer uh, of it is a lot. <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah. You know, we appreciate those who do their civic duty. And, uh, you know, we, we understand that it's tough. For uh, you know, what do I want to say? The 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 average citizen to do four months. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite impressive. So, I, I see uh, a fatas came in from Mrs. Landsharks, and it's it's something I wanted to to bring up as well. There, she asked where Wits End is. Asked if he's out racking up more leaderboard points, and I expect he is. I have to say, I have been absolutely blown away by my friend Wits End and his geocaching prowess this last couple of weeks he has we give we i give you two guys a real hard time every week about getting out and going geocaching and you guys get out and you do some geocaching but this last couple of weeks wits end has been at the top of my leaderboard 
Um, there's only one other person who's been ahead of him on my personal leaderboard. And that's the person who I know is retired and goes geocaching every day. So that's pretty hard to beat, but wit's end has had an astronomical score. So congrats to wit's end. I hope you're mm -hmm. listening to it and, uh, I hope you're having fun. Most importantly in doing all of that. And, uh, you know, you know, I can tell you he is having fun. Uh, he's, it's kind of been a resurgence in geocaching for him. He's, he's over a cache find a day, you know, on his, uh, yearly stats. And, uh, he may be one and a half. He may be coming up on two cash finds a day, which is, you know, really quite impressive. And that was, that was kind of his goal this year. He's like, I, I need to get my find count up. And, you know, so, uh, I've been shocked when he contacts me and says, Hey, you want to go geocaching? <laughs> well, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. Well, he's been doing all kinds of stuff he loves lately. He also was uh, down for a shoe plotler um, mm -hmm. competition in California, which is, I forgot that you were going there because I knew Jim was there. And so then I got confused as to who was where. So, right. I'm not in the shoe pot plotler competition. <laughs> trust me. It's probably for the best, eh? Oh yeah, everybody's thankful that I'm not. <laughs> well, and I, you know, another congrats to Wits End, who I believe I understand did quite well in that competition. He did very well. Uh, he took first place in his category. So, congratulations amazing. to Wits End. What can't he do? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He is. He is an incredibly talented person, and I. Uh, you know, in all my years of friendship is like, really, you can, you, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. You know, of course you can do that. Of course you can do that too. So, you yeah. know, there's times I sit down and I'm like, I wish I could be wits end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to get a little plug in for Fraser Valley cash bash up here mm -hmm. in British Columbia. Even if you're in North, uh, Northwest Washington state, it's something to check out and keep an eye on. April 19th, all the Fraser Valley Cash Bash caches go live, or at least the first round of them do. So there's some creative, fun geocaches all over the greater Fraser Valley area from Langley stretching out to Hope that are going to go live. And it would be great fun to go out and team up with a bunch of friends on the weekend of the 19th, 20th, head out and go find some geocaches. So check it out. Fraser Valley Cash Bash .wordpress.org and come and have some fun geocaching up in the Fraser Valley. That's right. What time do they go live? Do you remember that? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. So you can get up there first thing in the morning, go find a bunch of these caches and, and have a great weekend doing it. And maybe get find a way to get ahead of Wits End on the leaderboard for at least one weekend. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's that, but uh, that has become a tall order. That used to be like, yeah. oh yeah, no problem. Not anymore, man. <laughs> well, now we really hope that uh, geocaching.com doesn't run another high favorite points challenge or promotion because I think we've used them all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then uh, Mrs. Landsharks did say that she thought the creation celebration um, promotion has been one of the best ones so far. And I would agree. I think it's been mm -hmm. pretty good. Also a reminder, the Hands Across the Border event is coming up too. Yes, exactly. All kinds of fun stuff coming up in the Northwest here. Yeah, that Hands Across the Border event, I think is really nice when two uh, 
not only two friendly geocaching associations, but two international geocaching associations get together to host a single event. Uh, and I believe it's the goal is to be a yearly. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh, it looks like, Stefan, you're still with us? Yeah. So I I would use the time to wish you guys all a good night. It's past 1 a.m. <laughs> and uh, work is calling at 6 a.m. So oh, it's going to be a short night. So oh, I guess it is time for me to say goodbye. Right. Certainly. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you and we love GC Droid. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, let's see. I think that's all we have in the chat there, Land Monkey. All right. Well, then, you know, we can uh, probably wrap up the podcast. It's it's not after one in the morning for us, but it is for some of our live listeners and obviously for our guest tonight, who I really enjoyed. He, I mean, obviously he's knowledgeable on the topic. It's his app, but mm -hmm. I didn't know much about that particular app i use a different one and i am now very seriously thinking about switching the app i use which means i will also have to condition and retrain mrs monkey but i think she would <laughs> buy into this one no honestly well, like just the usability yeah. and the features i think that there would not be a hard upsell to get mrs land monkey to switch uh, her default geocaching app she uses mm -hmm. the when he showed us live how fast the map loads I was sold right there. <laughs> I don't. I don't need any other feature. That that was impressive. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And don't forget, until next week, get out and get caching in the Northwest. <laughs>